Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, my friends. If you're into sports betting and you're not into bet online, then I don't understand what you're doing. What's your problem? Bet online is the only place you need to go. It's where you can win some money today. Whether it's live bets during the game or it's futures of who you think will win the championship, bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your next deposit. So, before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And you know, if you listen to this podcast at all, I love nicotine. It's a great drug that unfortunately has a terrible stigma. Why? Because normally you get your nicotine from yucky, yucky places like, uh, like uh, cigarettes or chewing tobacco or vaping. No, Lucy, it's right here. For the rescue, Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab. None of the tobacco, all of the nicotine satisfaction, all of the um, the appetite suppression, the metabolic boost, the cognitive benefits. It's all right there without any of the stuff that you don't want. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co. Use the promo code Mikey. That's M-I-K-E-Y. Get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any other Lucy products. Lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey at checkout. I must give this warning. This product contains non-tobacco nicotine and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, be sure to use the promo code Mikey. Karate, I'll kick your ass from here to right over there. Oh yeah, motherfucker, gonna kick your fucking dairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You broke the rules. Now I'm pulling out your pubic hair. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. Oh, gets me every time. Oh, yeah. Welcome, everyone. It is uh, Mikey Likes You. I am the Mikey that likes, and you are the person who is being liked. Uh, this is episode number two of Mikey Likes You as a as a visual entity, as a video show. And uh, I'm super happy, man. I, I just want to thank, first off, I want to thank uh, Brinks and all the people on that end. Uh, Courtney, you guys have done a great job because uh, for that being like my beta, you know, that was like our, our real test run. We didn't get a test, an actual test run. For that to be kind of how we came out of the gate um, impresses me very much. And I'm, I'm very, very happy. And I have to thank you guys a lot. Secondly, thank you to all the fans who have uh, given me uniformly positive reviews and likes and subscribes and all that stuff. Because I know from my friends who are YouTube kind of personalities, it's a very corrosive, horrible place uh, full of mean people who do terrible things. So for me to have all the the happiness now, granted, it's early on. I'm sure things will change. Uh, for me to see all the happiness as of right now, um, I, I'm it's really heartwarming. So thank you. Let's get right into it. Um, I want to bring up Dateline. July 21st, 2021, just uh, like three weeks ago. The New York Times. No, not Flex Magazine. No, not uh, Women's Health. I'm talking about the new 
York Times printed this article all about how resistance training, not cardiovascular activity, not aerobic activity, lifting as the headline, lifting weights. Your fat cells would like to have a word. Oh, the reason the headline is that is because this article and the studies within it just back up a lot of the things that I've been saying, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. What I am trying to do is give myself a little bit more evidence to further substantiate the things that I like to impart to you guys. Most people, especially women who are um, interested in physique recomposition, interested in changing the way that they look in the mirror and wanting to look better naked, they eschew resistance training for tons and tons and tons of aerobic activity, a lot of cardio, and then a lot of interval training, you know, they go to their Barry's boot camp or whatever it may be. So like I said, look, and I understand the idea behind it. If your main goal is weight loss, you think, hey, I burn a lot of calories walking on the treadmill, getting on the exercise bike, going for a jog. I burn a ton of calories. This is what I do. And that's true. You're not going to get any denial from me. The problem with that is that there is cellular conversations going on with everything in your body, whether it be your central nervous system, your brain, um, all the different cells of your internal organs, your digestion. There's all this kind of discussion going on. It actually says, I want to have a word with you. That is the reason that it's in uh, your, your fat cells want to have a word with you. That's the reason why it's in the headline, because it goes on to detail something called cellular conversations, which is very real. The study, which involves 24 people, found that after weight training, muscles created and released little bubbles of genetic material that can flow to fat cells, jump-starting the processes that are related to fat burning. Okay, They do not see the same reaction when it comes to any type of um, aerobic activity. Uh, they also underscore how extensive and interconnected the internal effects of exercise can be. Many people pigeonhole resistance training as muscle building and with good reason. But a growing number of studies, including this one, suggest weight training also reshapes our metabolisms and waistlines. In recent experiments, weight workouts goosed energy expenditure and fat burning for at least 24 hours afterward in young men and women who were weight training. This is all I've been trying to impart to you is that, you know, when it comes to really getting the results that you want, you have to understand that you're training your body from the inside out. And even though you're visually looking at the outside and can very easily and very understandably ignore the kind of metabolic and chemical effects that are happening inside they are very important. In fact, probably more important than calories in, calories out. Because just having this kind of bank ledger of I burned this many calories, therefore I can eat this many calories. Although in principle, it will work in, in weight loss. It's not sustainable. And it's going to lead to the type of weight loss that you're not going to be very happy with. And if someone's just going to be a couch potato and eat potato chips, you see the connection, potato, I'm a pro. Um, if someone's honestly just not going to put any effort into it, then I think 
the reason why they're not having the physique or the health that they want is pretty evident. A lot of the people out there are working your ass off. If you're watching this, you might be one of them. I know that I was one of them before I really took the deep dive. And I was lucky enough to meet a lot of people who took me under their wing and, and start to explain things to me like human metabolism. The metabolic effects of weight training, the long-term effects of small caloric deficits, the real, the real difference between heart rates and stuff when you're doing any type of non-resistance training exercise. You have to turn your body in, from a Prius to a muscle car. That's the main goal. You know, if I'm going to overly simplify it, if I'm going to bro science it for you, is that what is, that's what you want to do. And you can't do that. You can't make a muscle car without muscle. And um, a lot of really overweight guys, they want to be Ryan Reynolds or Mark Wahlberg, Zach Efron, fill in the blank. And so they think, look, I'm just going to go for a run and I'm going to start eating less. You will lose weight. Okay, I've, I've said it many times before. If you just want to lose weight, you don't care how you look. Watch the show Survivor. They lose like 40 fucking pounds in, in a really short amount of time. But you don't look very good. In fact, you can end up being a smaller, gooier version of yourself who now has an even slower metabolism. Resistant training combined with a slight caloric deficit it's not going to be as quick, but the results are going to be much more useful. They're going to be long-term and they're going to be things that you can then daisy chain on to make better long-term goals. I don't want people to overcomplicate this process. Is there, in, uh, you know, little, little teeny intricate pieces that have to be worked in and you might want to talk to someone who's a professional in the business? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and make it sound like you can listen to this podcast or, uh, you know, the countless others from people who are, who are credible and then just be able to out of nowhere have this in-depth understanding of human metabolism and protein synthesis and resistance training and rep ranges. But I do think there is a collection, a, a, a small collection of really important things that you can focus on that are going to make a dramatic difference. And I also think there's a, a collection, a pretty vast one, unfortunately, of things that you should stop fucking worrying about. And we're seeing this problem not only with health and fitness, although it is there's a lot of clarity in this um, in in that arena with this problem. But th we're seeing this problem everywhere with mainstream news, with with other uh, access with the access to other scientific information with people's, you know, sincere efforts into trying to engage in self-help. There's just too much information. Too much information. Um, the internet has made it great. I mean, it's beautiful. And it's, it's, it's wild that if you're intellectually curious, you have this thing called the internet. And you can just you can look, up, look up anything. But just this unfettered waterfall of information that's coming on us it's too much for anyone to handle okay so what the basis of today's episode is going to be is going to be filtering out the shit that you don't need to look at 
take into consideration or worry about. And the very small, I will actually tell you exactly who. And the four things that you should definitely keep in your mind all day, every day, that will make sure that you, if if you really put in the effort to adhering to these four long-term, it will make the difference. It will get you on the right track to get what you want, which is what most of us want is to look better naked and to be healthier, okay? By basic metrics of health, you know, heart rate, blood pressure, um, markers of longevity. You want to have a better mood. You want to sleep better. Um, You don't want to be as cranky. You know, these are all things that are really kind of, they're tributaries off this one solid central thing, and that is your health. Um, so I'm going to do that today. I have broken it down into categories that I understand. Hopefully, they're categories that you can understand. And I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, what is – I don't want to say that these are the main factors. These are the, these are the medium factors. These are the definitely get rid of – I was like, okay, everyone knows people. Everyone has like a group of friends, right? Well, your group of friends or your family, they're going to introduce you to other people. And it's always like this weird crapshoot of, oh, that fucking guy again. Oh, my God. (sighs) Sorry, dude. My girlfriend, her best friend's coming. She sucks. But I'm sorry. It's it's my girlfriend's best friend. What am I going to do? You know, your cousin's coming over and he's bringing his wife or your your female cousin's bringing over her husband. You're like, oh, that fucking guy sucks. Then there's the guy who's like, oh, he's cool. He's all right sometimes. I mean, as long as he's not drinking, he's pretty cool. You know, there's like the middle ground. Then there's, oh, that dude's fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah, let's call him. Let's bring that guy. Okay, so that's what I've divided it up into. That dude's pretty fucking sweet. Uh, That guy's sometimes cool. And then that guy fucking sucks. Okay, so. Keep that in mind when I'm giving you this information. Let's start out with that dude's super sweet. These are things that you absolutely should pay attention to all the time. Complex movements. Complex resistance training movements. What does that mean? Well, there are movements that involve lots of different joints in your body, multi-joint movements. Those are complex movements. There are single joint movements. Let me give you an example. A single joint movement would be a leg extension. You sit down and you move your legs out against the little machine. Only one joint, your knees, right? Compare that with a squat. Your hip hinges, your knees bend. That is a multi-joint movement. In fact, you even get a little bit of Stability in the shoulders having to hold the bar. Complex movement. A lot of different muscles, a lot of different joints being enacted at once in order to contract all the muscles to make this exercise complete. You want to focus on those. Okay? You do not need to do or worry about isolation movements. Are isolation movements in the that guy fucking sucks category? No. But they're definitely not in the that guy's pretty fucking sweet category. Meaning that if you just only have a certain amount of time to hit the gym, if you focus on deadlift, bench press, or some form of bench press, whether it be dumbbell or barbell, um, 
incline or decline, uh, deadlift, bench press, squat, overhead press, row, chin, and you know that's a, those are the big six, okay? Because then you're hitting every movement pattern, complex movements that hit every movement pattern, okay? Again, I will talk about the uh, the the squat movement or the knee hinge, the deadlift movement or the hip hinge, the uh, horizontal push or bench press type movements, the uh, vertical push, overhead press, and the vertical pull, horizontal pull, the row, and the horizontal uh, vertical pull, the chin. Every single muscle in your body is getting hit. And calves, not so much, but they're getting some work. But you could then again, that's the time when you can focus in on other things. But he, you know, those big six, you really do focus on those. That is going to create bigger levels of that cellular communication inside your body. Hormones are going to be jacked in the good way. Negative hormones are going to be reduced, at least in time. You know, the negative hormones actually are increased after heavy weight training, things like cortisol, but that's a stress reaction. But in long term, your ability to regulate cortisol is actually improved. Okay. So you're getting a hormonal benefit, the cellular activity, the fat burning, the muscle gain, all of these things, they're, they're bolstered greatly with these complex movements. Here's one caveat. Not everyone can deadlift and squat, okay? That's just reality. And most dudes hurt themselves doing both of those exercises. Why? Because we have male ego. And you can sit there and you can be like, gendered talk, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm talking about. Guys are dumb. And we get so pumped on the idea that like, I'm going to put this big barbell on my back. I'm going to squat. And then you end up in the hospital. Same thing with the deadlift. The deadlift is particularly harmful to a lot of young men because you can actually start using pretty heavy weights pretty quickly. So then you're, you just get this weird ego boner for the weight that you're lifting. And next thing you know, again, you're, you're, you're deadlifting with terrible form and you hurt yourself. So not everyone can deadlift and not everyone can squat at first. In, in reality, every single person on this planet, barring injury or some extremely rare kind of genetic condition or physical condition, everyone can squat and deadlift. But everyone watching this right now cannot. And I understand that. If you get underneath a bar to squat and you realize like, oh, I can't do, I'm hurt, this hurts. And it doesn't hurt in the like, oh, I got a good workout way. This hurts in like, I'm, my body's going to break. You have to understand there are things that you can do to get yourself to the point where you're doing it that are also complex movements. They're just safer. They're safer for the lumbar area, your lower back. They're safer on your knees. Okay. And if you're in that situation where regardless of the weight, you're putting yourself in a bad position um, and, and it's just not going to work. I, I want you to opt for those. They're more limited on the deadlift. And here's why I say this. Most people can't deadlift properly, not because they can't do it because their body isn't strong enough yet. They can't do it because most people who deadlift absolutely go too heavy too quickly and they do not use good form. I came across this video of the 2019 World's Strongest Man. It was put on Squat University's Instagram account. Okay, this is Martin Lysis. Martin Martin Lysis. 
Martin, buy me a valve lead seats. 605 pounds for 18 reps. He does right here. Touch and go. And it's not touch and go, banging the bar off the ground and then yanking it back up again. Full, slow, controlled negatives. And after he, he does a little bit of a demonstration, he walks us through his thinking and his idea when it comes to squatting. And it was some of the best advice, or excuse me, when it comes to deadlifting, and it was some of the best advice I've ever heard. So here, uh, let's play that video if we can. Recently, Martins Lisi's, the 2019 World's Strongest Man, did an easy 605-pound, 275-kilo beltless deadlift set for 18 reps. Here's a tip he has for performing his deadlifts. I have my back angle set. I squat the weight up, keeping my back angle the same all the way up until the bar gets beyond my patella, and then I angle upwards. So two movements in one. Squat, RDL, RDL, squat. Okay, he breaks it down in a very simplified way that makes a lot of sense, okay? Your back angle has to stay the same throughout until you get to the point where it, you're, you start the hinge or the Romanian deadlift part portion is what he's talking about. But at the beginning, it's, it's kind of like a squat where you keep the bar next to your shins. So you can't if you get to the point where you go to lift the bar off the ground and your back angle cannot stay the same, you start to either round over and you look like that scared cat or you do the hip hinge where then your butt goes up, but your back stays flat. So it's, it's actually two movements. It goes, which is common. You're going too heavy. Humble yourself. Spend six months, if need be, using incredibly light weights. Okay? There's no shame in that. And I will reiterate this a million times over. I'm not going to speak for every meathead in the world, but I know a lot of them, and I'm one of them. I've never in my life, ever, ever, saw some dude or some chick at the gym using light weights with good form and gone, <laughs> look at that pussy. <laughs> oh, 95-pound deadlifts. Oh, my God. Jesus, why don't you just never, never once. You know who I internally am making fun of all the time? The fucking asshole who throws four plates on the side and has no ability to deadlift it, but somehow gets it off the ground with terrible form. His spine, his L5 has snapped, but he gets it up to his, uh, to his dick area and he's like, ah, blah, blah, and drops the bar. That guy sucks. Okay? That guy sucks. Because you're not even deadlifting. Don't tell me you're deadlifting. I use the same analogy as, uh, as I did last episode. All the dudes who say like, well, I could do 30 pushups without stopping. And then you see them and they're like moving an inch. Their hands move like an inch and they're, they're all rounded over. I was like, well, no, you can't. You, you can do zero pushups in a row. Uh, same goes for deadlift and squat. The deadlift itself doesn't hurt people. Bad deadlifts do. Okay. The deadlift itself is probably one of the overall most beneficial things you can do. Martin Burkan, a guy who's been very influential for me, the guy from behind leangains.com and an excellent book, The Lean Gains Method, he had a comment. He said, if you only have uh, a half hour to spend at the gym, a half hour of deadlift is going to be better than anything else you could have probably done. Any of the other tomfoolery that you could think of in your mind, I'm going to do a circuit, I'm going to do some jogging, then I'm going to do some push-ups. 
if you were to just if you're like, I don't know what to do. I walk in, then just do just do deadlifts for whatever amount of time you have there, because there's value to that statement. The hip hinge is one of the most natural human movements. And as we age and as we deteriorate and as we become weaker people, if you're already a weak person, that's where you have the biggest problem. Okay. It's the coordination between the knees, the hips, and the upper back. And you get good at deadlifts with good form. You really take the time and put in the effort to humble yourself and get good at doing deadlifts with real form. Then when you're moving a couch with your friend, you're safe. When you go to pick up that, that five-gallon water bottle to replace it on your, your water cooler there, you're, you're safe. Everything's okay. You're carrying your luggage through the airport. You're about to miss your plane. You're like, better go. You're, you're good. Everything's good. You stable, that, It stabilizes the body. It's actually like building the foundation of your house on your body. Okay, so that's why I'm such a big fan of the deadlift. Also, it's bang for your buck like all the other complex lifts. The hormonal benefits, the metabolic benefits, they're there, and you don't have to do two hours of these complex kind of routines. So you can't deadlift, you can't squat right now. Go down in weight. It doesn't matter if you're just using a bar. Practice, practice, practice with the deadlift. The squat, there's some people, a lot of people, that can't squat, period. They can't even do a bodyweight squat. Um, and it's just something's back bass backwards in their alignment and it's pretty common so i'm not going to sit here and be like you gotta go i don't care fucking go barbell squat it's no it's an incredibly dangerous exercise if it's not done properly what should be done here is my protocol for you start with bodyweight squats then goblet squats where you hold a kettlebell or a dumbbell in front of you it makes it so much easier to keep your back in a more upright position and allows you to get deeper and spread the hips so much easier than if you have a barbell on the back or a barbell in the front, like in a front squat. The goblet squat is an excellent exercise. I, it's not just for like physical therapy. Very strong people, very talented athletes. Goblet squat all the goddamn time. Dan John, a guy who has forgotten more about strength than I'll ever know, always says, if you ain't doing weighted carries and goblet squats, you're not training properly. It's an excellent exercise. It helps you do everything better. Work on the goblet squat. Also, work on the single leg split squat. You can even start these with body weight. One leg is elevated behind you, you know, on a bar or a box. The other leg in front of you, and you bend down with one leg, the split squat. Everyone can go and find it. Everyone's probably familiar with it. It's excellent because it not only does it strengthen the glutes and the quads to help you, you know, you kind of bolster that area that helps you squat, but it stretches out the hip flexor on the non-working leg. Split squats. The other one is the sissy squat. I just burped again. Now the sissy squat has been gaining popularity in the last, I don't know, six weeks or so, because some super jack people have started to talk about the sissy squat. Now, like ketogenic diets or MCT oil or, uh, 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 um, or carb shifting, a lot of people think that it's this new thing. You know, Vince Gironda has been having people sissy squat instead of back squat since like 1955. The reason being, it takes out the stress on your low back. 
completely and isolates all the movement to your quads. Now, that's one of the reasons why I like it. It's great for your knee health. If you have knee problems, the sissy squat is something you can work on and it will help you. It strengthens your quads. The problem with the sissy squat, and Vince Gironda was the first to admit it because he didn't like aesthetically the idea of people with big booties, but that was 1950-something. It's different now. We all love big booties, men and women, okay? Guy, I don't care. I know most guys, they like to visually see, I'm talking about straight dudes, you like to look at women with big asses, okay? Instagram has proven this. I don't care what allure or vogue tries to tell you, us straight dudes, we love chicks with meat on their bones and big asses. Newsflash, chicks do too. There's nothing worse, and I've heard it. I've seen it happen. I've probably been the guy on the receiving end of this because I have a little teeny apple bottom. Don't get me wrong. It's carved out of wood, buddy, but it's small. I do not have a big ass. I cannot tell you how many times I've been walking with chicks and some dude walks by, handsome guy, some fuck boy, you know, in his tight jeans, and he looks great. He walks by, and then they're like, oh, and they get all deflated because he's got this pancake ass, okay? Glutes. Glutes, glutes, glutes are amazing for athletic ability, lateral shuffling, explosiveness, sprinting, glutes are glute and, and they look great. Okay. So that's why I want you eventually everyone should be back squatting, hip thrusting, things like that. But let me get back to the sissy squat. So the sissy squat has gained this popularity. The problem is, is that I will say firsthand, I know they're really hard to do. They're fucking really hard to do. So you have this exercise that is supposed to be the safer, easier alternative, but they're fucking impossibly hard. I have found something with the help of a couple friends at uh, Mark Bell's super training up there. And then also a guy who's been incredibly influential to me since I was a little boy. What's that fucking name? That dude's name. I want to have him on the podcast. Oh, God, I wish I could remember his name. Doug Brignoli, Doug Brignoli. Okay. Now the reason why I say he's been so influential to me for so long, and it, I, I know you're like, well, he's so influential. You forgot his name. Stop it. You know how many people, people I meet in, a, in like a given day and how many people I research, especially meatheads. Doug Brignoli used to have a gym in Pasadena where I grew up called Brignoli's. He had my boy scout, not my, you know, my Cub Scout troop come visit his gym and talk to us about health and fitness. Now, Doug Brignoli is jacked. Okay, he's an old man now. He's still fucking jacked. Back then, he was like 35, swole as hell. And he took the time to talk to these, like, we were like nine years old. And he's like telling us about the idea of eating healthy foods and how it makes your body feel better and having muscle is great for your health. And and so, you know, back then it really affected me because I always had this like weird um, macho idealization of like big muscle people. I think a lot of guys who are my age, I grew up uh, in the 80s. I was born in 1979. So for me, the idea of a man was Schwarzenegger and Stallone, Van Damme. You know, that was my idea of a man. Um, and I wanted to be like that. Um, so Doug Rignoli kind of kicked that off. But he also has been talking greatly about how, you know, the ends don't necessarily justify the means with the back squat after a certain point. You should definitely work it, get good at it, do it. But once you get to the point 
where you're squatting incredible amounts of weight, unless you're going to compete as a power lifter, I do not think that the ends justify the means. So the sissy squat is a better leg exercise. Again, they're really tough to do. So what I did is I videoed myself doing them in a way that makes them really easy to do. And I, I have a video for you. And I will say this before we play the video. Yes, I'm shirtless, but there's a reason for that. And it's not to show off my body. I had a really baggy shirt on and it was completely taking away from your ability to see kind of one of the instrumental pieces of the sissy squat. So I took my shirt off and that's why I'm shirtless. But here is the cable sissy squat. And I want to demonstrate it here for you. So as you can see, I'm eleva I've elevated my feet. I'm using a slant board. Not everyone has access to a slant board. You can just put plates, a two by four, anything that gets your heel up above your, your toes. Um, I would say a good two to three inches is probably minimum, but you just want to elevate your heels to the point that you're they're above your toes and you can get your toes on the ground like that. And what you're doing is, in a sissy squat is trying to keep your back and uh, excuse me, your shoulders and your hips aligned the entire time and make like a one straight line, pushing your glutes in and keeping them tight and then pushing your knees forward over your toes. So it actually stretches out your quads a lot more and then gives you the ability to contract them a lot more. Trying to do that with a barbell in front of you is really hard, even if you're strong. But I think this cable version is awesome because it actually pulls you forward a little bit and you can balance against it, taking away some of the technical problems that come with the sissy squat. So I recommend do that. Get good at them. It'll, it'll be great for your knee health. All the lower area of the quadricep is really taxed there. So it's going to strengthen it up all the part of your front, uh, your front thigh that's around your knee. Complex movements, number one thing you should definitely be focusing on on your journey. Number two, calories. I don't care if you want to do keto, carnivore, vegan, paleo, whole 30, doesn't fucking matter to me. If you want to get smaller, you have to eat less calories than you burn. If you want to get bigger, you have to eat more. The end. Okay. I wish it wasn't that way. I don't necessarily think everyone should be gauging all of their intake all the time for the rest of your life. But if you've never tracked your calories and tracked your macros ever, you need to start now. Because everyone, everyone underestimates how much they really eat and overestimates how much they burn. Okay? If you, and, and here's nothing. Back in the day, tracking your calories was actually really a pisser. I had to carry this book. It was like an encyclopedia of food. And I would have to go places and, and, and flip through it. And I'd be like, oh, sirloin. Okay, four ounces sirloin, 240 calories. Then measure the sirloin. Then I'd be like, oh, I'm having 800. So that's 480. Boom, 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 this amount of calories. And I wrote it down a little notebook and then did the math. I suck at math. It sucked. There is so many apps, really good ones. I recommend MyFitnessPal or Carbon. Um, Carbon is Lane Norton, Dr. Lane Norton's um, app. I've used them both. I recommend both. I ended up just falling back onto my fitness pal. Just ended up being easier for me to use because I got so used to it. I'd been, I'd been using it for a long time. 
it has an actual barcode on your phone thing. Like you put your camera up to the barcode of something you're about to eat and it, me- boop, boop, it measured, puts it right in there. Oh, okay. That amount of steak, that three ounces of that steak is, you know, 240 calories. Um, I'm having six, double it, put two in there. Boop, boop. You're ready to go. Let's go. Bob's your uncle. So track your calories. It is important. Don't let anybody trick you into believing that it's not. It doesn't matter if you work out a lot. I work out so I can eat what I want. No, no, you can't. You have to understand your daily intake. And you have to understand how much you need to either take away or add to it to get to the goal that you want to be at. Okay, so calories, complex movements. Number three, protein. Yes, it matters that much. I, all the research, all the research that's coming out has shown that your mixture of carbohydrates and fat really doesn't matter all that much. If your protein is at a certain point and your calories are at a certain point, the other stuff really just details, okay? So I will reiterate, if you're someone who really likes to eat eggs and butter and and bacon, then look to a a keto-based diet. If you're someone who pukes at the idea of walking through the butcher shop at the supermarket, explore vegan. Either way, doesn't fucking matter. Just get your protein high and get your calories where you need them to be to meet your goals. For most of us, that's a deficit because most of us want to lose a little weight. I always recommend starting at one gram per pound of body weight. Now, most people are listening and they're like, that's so much. No, it's not. I'm 175 pounds. I eat 264 grams of protein every day. Could you eat 264 grams of protein tomorrow if you're a five foot four, 130 pound woman? No, it, it would be awful. But you can eat one gram per pound of body weight, barring someone who's extremely obese. Okay. If you're 400 pounds, I don't expect you to eat 400 grams of protein. Then, but there needs to be other discussions ha- had. You know, that's a, that would be a, considered an extreme case. But for most of us, for people, women who are under, you know, 33, 35% body fat, for men who are under 25% body fat, start with one gram per pound of body weight. One thing that a lot of people misunderstand, and it's really pervasive, is that when attempting to lose body fat, protein needs to be higher than when someone is trying to gain muscle mass. Everyone assumes, oh, tons of protein, chicken breast, protein shake. That's for the big hulking bodybuilders who want to get bigger. Yes, you want to have high protein levels to put on muscle mass, protein, better protein synthesis, the whole thing. It's anabolic. But you're also eating more calories. And the other calories, especially from carbohydrates, can be anabolic in themselves. When you are reducing calories, you need to have your protein higher to preserve muscle mass and to preserve your uh, anabolism as best you can. Science backs this up irrefutably. You need, even if you're trying to lose weight, you need to have high protein. In fact, if you're trying to lose weight, it needs to be higher than the person who's trying to gain muscle mass. Complex movements, calories, protein, 
And one last thing, and these are the four things that you need to really always be concerned with. Complex movements, calories, protein, and NEAT. What is NEAT? Non-exercise. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Fancy ass way of saying all the ways that you move outside of the gym. I always prescribe people to walk 10,000 steps a day. If you do that by playing a couple games of ultimate Frisbee, if you do it by taking 10 minute walks three or four times throughout the day, when you're at the office, if you do it by parking farther away from the supermarket and then walking around the supermarket a couple times, doesn't matter. The human body, we are animals. We are not made to be sedentary. We are not made to then, you know, exercise our movement in these extreme bursts that I recommend with the com complex movements. Those are going to be beneficial to you and you need to do them. But all in all, we are, we are animals that are designed to be roaming and moving constantly at low levels throughout the day. I understand you have to pay the bills and some of you pay the bills by sitting in a cubicle or sitting behind a, 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 a computer or truck drivers, whatever it may be. You, I understand there are, there are needs we have in modern society to not move a lot, but that is that important. It is as important as any of the other three things that I just named. And it will make that much of a difference. If you are someone who trains hard three days a week, let's say, you got a good breakdown of your complex movements, you, you have your calories set, you stay to it, and you get your protein high, okay? You're all good. But outside of the gym, those three days a week for 45 minutes, you just sit on your ass. If you were to take your identical twin, have he or she do the exact same thing, but then add in 10,000 steps every single day, that person, the identical twin with the 10,000 steps will make, have lower body fat and, and better muscle retention. They will have better blood pressure. They will, they will have better circulation. They will sleep better. Okay. The homo sapien, we're designed to move like that. Again, I am fully aware that not everybody is a, a, a yoga instructor or someone who has the liberty to just go on walks all the time, but you can do it. Trust me. And it all boils down to making that attempt. It doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to get on a treadmill and walk for 45 minutes in the morning before work. And then in the, it's, you will be shocked to find out how quickly 10,000 steps adds up. If you just stay moving throughout the day, you're working in your cubicle for one hour and you look at your watch. You're like, you know what? I'm going to pretend like I have to go to the bathroom, walk around the office a couple of times, take the stairs instead of the elevator, park farther away, those little things, they do add up and they make that much of a difference, okay? So I will go over again before we move on to, well, sometimes that dude's cool. The pretty, that dude's pretty sweet. Complex movements, deadlift or hip hinge movement, a knee hinge movement, a squat movement, okay? Those two, a, a vertical press, meaning a overhead press, a horizontal press, bench press, horizontal pull, a row, and a vertical pull, a chin-up, okay? Chin-up, deadlift, squat, bench press, and row. That's all you need. Now, overhead press. Let me make sure I got them all right. Overhead press, bench press, 
deadlift, squat, row, and chin. The big six. Three times a week, if you can do a squatting movement, all three, and then alternate the other two. So you do one, one day you do bench press, the other day you do overhead press, one day you do row, the other day you do chin. What are you growling at? My dog's right here. Um, if you squat every day, leaving you the five others, and then alternate between the two kind of similar movements. So the, the vertical and the horizontal pull, you, you flip-flop. The vertical horizontal push, you flip-flop. Um, and, and train three times a week. You'll be shocked. Okay? You'll be shocked. How little you really need to do. You don't need some elaborate, over-the-top training program get your steps in lift lift heavy okay within a safe capacity don't be afraid of heavy weights don't be afraid of lifting weights this is how you turn your body into a weapon this is how you turn yourself in from a prius to a muscle car and this is what we want to do okay i'm going to move on to the stuff that's like yeah okay I can understand you giving a shit about it, but it's really not that important. I would call this, well, sometimes that guy's cool. We all know that guy. He's like, yeah, he's cool sometimes. Like every once in a while, he fucking has a couple drinks and he starts talking shit. You know. Meal frequency. Everyone makes such a big deal recently about meal frequency. Fast, I got to fast. I only eat twice a day. But I, well, I have to eat seven times a day throughout every two hours or else I get, my blood sugar goes out of whack. No. If your calories and your protein are at the right level, it doesn't, the science backs it up. It doesn't matter, okay? You don't have to worry about that. Now, this is where your own kind of honesty with yourself and self-awareness comes in. If you like eating a shit ton at a given meal and then you don't have to eat very frequently, you're, you're one of those people that can go five, six, seven hours without eating, opt for that. No matter how hard I try, I always end up coming back to eating two or three times a day. Because, like I said, in the end, it doesn't matter. But with performance, it does. So every once in a while, some harebrained idea comes in and I get challenged to take a fight. You know, at my friend Jason Ellis's, you know, show, the Ellis Mania, I have to do a boxing match or I'm going to do a, a Muay Thai smoker or I get back into jujitsu. And performance will be affected by your meal frequency if you're trying to engage in kind of sports performance you do want to eat more frequently throughout the day in smaller servings you just want to look better and feel better um it doesn't matter i always no matter like i said i go and i do these stupid things and then I, I have to fall back into getting into normal life where i eat twice or three times a day i have not eaten today in los angeles it is 10 a.m okay i haven't eaten and i'm fine when i do eat I'll be able to eat 900 calories instead of having six 350 calorie meals, which sucks, which makes me, st I'm still hungry and I have to push away the plate and I walk around I'm like, oh, and I have to look at my watch and I'm like, oh, I got to eat again in two and a half hours. I better take an apple and some hard boiled eggs with me. Fuck that. I'll eat 80, 90 grams of protein in, in an hour or so. Then I won't eat again until dinner and I'm good. I'm tight. I'm tight. So meal frequency, 
it kind of matters. I understand you being interested, but it really doesn't. So that falls into this kind of mid-level category. Interval training. High-intensity interval training has value. And it does give you metabolic benefits. But if your interval training is getting in the way of you progressing in your complex movements, the ends do not justify the means. People think they need to, and I look, it's the American way. We want it faster. And you think it's like, well, I'm lifting three days a week. If I did intervals three days a week, I'd lose fat faster. I'd be jacked. I'd be shredded. It's not really the case. You got to have the patience to kind of stay for the long haul. If, if you are lifting three days a week, if you're more advanced four, maybe five days a week, and, and you are moving throughout the day, getting enough sufficient amounts of neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, you're okay. You're, you're, in fact, you're probably better off. Now, again, this when it comes to performance, if you're in combat sports, if you're in basketball, soccer, any of these sports, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you not to do some type of interval training because when it comes to conditioning, they are superior. Um, aerobic base needs to be built. I understand that. Um, but then also your anaerobic threshold needs to be pushed higher, and that's where intervals come in. So it is not something I would say, fuck them, forget about it. It will help you with fat burning. It will help you um, with metabolic health and things like that. But it's not something that you need to concern yourself with if you're the average person that wants to look better and feel better. Isolation movements, you know, your, your curl machine, your, your cable crossovers and stuff like that. Non-complex movements, single joint movements. Once you progress to a level where your body fat's low enough and your muscles, your musculature is high enough, of course, yeah, they start to come into play. Um, I'm 42 years old and pretty buff. So for me, I do have to taper off my heavy deadlifts and squatting and stuff like that. And add, I add in leg press and I add in these isolation movements. They are easier on your body. Typically, they give you better ability to focus in on certain muscles. But I'm also someone who has the training history, the ability, and the disposition to train pretty frequently and pretty hard. For those of you who don't, they are not going to serve you any. Okay? If you, are, if you can't do a chin-up and you want to have big guns and you can't do a chin-up you know, where your palms are facing you, you can't do one, you can't do five, let's say, you have no fucking business worrying about fucking bicep curls. No business. Just suck it up and get strong enough to be able to even concern yourself with that shit. I'm serious. And, and uh, guys who want to look like The Rock, they will not listen to me. And I get it. I was that guy too. But I, I, I will reiterate this for people who are listening, you know, who are consistent listeners. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm being a dead horse. But I was uh, recently out of rehab, you know, for the last time, hopefully. Um, to th my, dog's not, my dog thinks someone's knocking at the door. So I said knock on wood and... Guys, it was me. Relax. So 2003, 
I'm out of rehab. I'm trying to put my life back together. I get in touch with this man that I train with at Gold's Gym in Pasadena, Alessandro Comadina. He is an Italian national who is living in the United States. He is an IFBB pro, International Federation of Bodybuilding. He's a legit IFBB pro. Now he's, you know, his mid-50s, but he's a card-carrying IFBB pro. He's a genius about nutrition and training. And I asked him, I said, man, I, I, I just, I need some guidance. I need some help. I really want to do it. I'm tired of spinning my wheels. And he broke it down and he gave me, and I was waiting on baby breath. I was like, oh, salivating, waiting for him to give me, you know, print up the, my training program and, and food and, and bring it to the gym. And he did. And I was like, three days a week. Fucking four exercises. What the, what? I told you, I really want to, I want to be jacked and shredded. He's like, just trust the process, man. And I trained with him. And I realized, oh, okay. Now I know why. Because those four exercises, you know, usually it was a deadlift and some type of pressing movement or squat and some type of pressing movement. He was killing me. <laughs> and, I tra- and I needed to rest. And he had me doing no cardio. And he was, had me get really serious about diet and start to understand what foods I should be putting in my body and when. And I got fucking shredded. But it, I had to humble myself. I had to realize, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess this really is the key to no more, you know, no more of these like ego lifts. Because I will tell you this, the isolation movements, they're kind of fun. You go in and you get a pump in your biceps. It's like, yeah, it feels good. It doesn't have that much kind of systemic uh, taxation. Deadlifts and squats can get really not fun really quick. And I get that. But there's a reason why they're hard and they are taxing. It's because those are the ones you need to probably be focusing on. Okay? So isolation movements, I'm not saying don't ever worry about them. I'm saying that you probably don't have to worry about them. Now, I will move to the that guy sucks category. These are things just stop. Don't ever use your brain for them. Ever. Okay? Because they're just getting in the way. Number one, circuits. A weight room is for strength training. Doing a circuit where you're getting your heart rate up using weights is insanity. If you want to do conditioning, go to a track, get on a C2 rower, get on an Airdyne bike and go ham. You don't get conditioned with a barbell. That's for strength training. Conditioning is for conditioning. If you end up combining the two, you think you're doing a more efficient job. All you're doing is making sure that you're going to be mediocre at both forever. Okay. And I know people like it because you get real sweaty and you get worked up and you think you're like kicking ass. You're not. You're not capable because the rest intervals are so short and you're doing movement to movement to movement. You're not capable of getting into the rep ranges where you're actually eliciting the benefit from the strength training. And you're not able because the strength training exercises are so taxing to your muscular system. You're not able to get into a conditioning level that actually has any effect on your anaerobic threshold. Stop doing circuits. Competitive athletes, it's a different thing. I understand. If you're a wrestler, there's like circuits that you can do that would absolutely help you. Okay, I get that. You know, you want to go through trap bar deadlift into like some battle ropes if, if you're a freestyle wrestler that makes a lot of, i'm talking about you who wants to be buff and shredded low weight high reps can't tell you how many times i hear this one guys and gals you know i don't really want to be like a big hulking bodybuilder so i'm just gonna do like low weights 
like smaller weight and just like high reps, you know, get my pump on, you know, like carve out, carve out the details. doesn't work that way. Sorry. Don't do that. You will end up again, spinning your wheels. And I, that's the people, those are the people that I just so desperately sincerely want to see, make the gains, make the progress because you're trying, you're trying, man, you're putting in the effort. That sucks to then not get to reap the rewards. Fasts and cleanses. Fuck that. Right out the door. Don't ever do that. Don't cleanse your body with juices or water fasts. Intermittent fasting, that's a different story. If you want to, you know, stop eating at 6 p.m. and then not have a next meal till later in the day the next day. That's one. I'm talking about these like two, three-day fast. Oh, it's just a jump start, my metabolism. Nope. It's really bad for you. Don't do that. Don't, don't fat. You know what cleanses your body? Your kidneys and your liver. That's what they're for. If you want to consistently and constantly put food in your body and do movements that help your kidneys and your liver work better, totally get that. But don't think you have some magical protocol of juices and broths that's going to further cleanse you. They're magic. It gets the toxins out. Fuck you. Don't ever waste any Money or brain power on that. Last one. Program hopping or shocking the muscles. Okay, I got you gotta gotta keep them guessing. No, fuck no. In fact, quite opposite. You need to stick with a program to see and track progressive overload for at least a couple months. As for beginners, it's really a long time. Six months is is not. It's pretty practical. Six months of the same program, same exercises. Write down your weights and your reps and continually progress. Graduate slowly, incrementally. Get stronger in those exercises. After a while, there will be some desensitization or you'll get to the point where they're just not, they don't make sense anymore. Like I was talking about with me in the deadlift. If I wanted to compete in body uh, powerlifting, maybe I would continue to to try to progress in the deadlift. I don't. It doesn't make any sense for me to start doing three or four reps with over 500 pounds at 175 pounds at 42 years of age. If I want to do rack deads with lighter weights for higher reps, yeah, okay, I, I get it. But my point being, don't think that there's this idea where you got to keep the muscles guessing. Not true. In fact, quite the opposite is true. So there you go. I hope I've helped you. I hope I've broken down some things. All I wanted you is to, to try to simplify these things because it is simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. Find out how much calories you burn in a day, just being you. Get a small deficit, 300 calories, maybe 500 calories if you're a bigger uh, person. Use complex movements three times a week. Start out three times a week. You can graduate to four or five focus on compound complex movements eat high protein start with a gram per pound of body weight see where you go from there really make sure you get your neat in non-exercise activity thermogenesis things exercise and movement that isn't your workout or your training okay just grind into those four just grind get real smart and real work really hard and focused in those four and just let everything else go, man. Focus on your loved ones. Appreciate the birds in the sky. 
and the fact that we're these fleeting, really insignificant creatures and we're dying every second. We're getting every single second that goes by. We're getting closer and closer to that final, that final nap. Okay. So don't waste any of it focusing on shit that doesn't matter. All right. I love you. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. I do be good people. All right, buddy. I got to talk to you about something important. And that is performance in the bedroom. Every guy at some point has that one time or maybe a couple of times when you're just not performing the way you want to perform. And the last thing you want to do is then further embarrass yourself by talking to a doctor or having to go to a pharmacy and get all those funny looks. So what you do, you get Blue Chew. BlueChew.com takes care of everything. The same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, all in a chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Best part, it's all online and it comes right to your door. No doctors, no pharmacy, no waiting. Ships right to your door in a discreet package. It's simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best part, all done online. So if you could benefit from a little boost of performance in the bedroom, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Plus, you can try BlueChew free when you use our promo code Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Mikey, to receive your first month free. And we thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Something else really important that I have to talk to you about, it's cereal. We all love it. Seriously, everyone loves cereal. But you probably have to give up on your cereal habit because it's, you know, not usually the most healthy stuff. That's where Magic Spoon comes in. It tastes as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereals, except it's got 13 or 14 grams of protein with no sugar, zero, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 140 calories, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. You can build your own box, try any of the best flavors out there. I'm talking about cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Also, cookies and cream and maple waffle, they're back. When blue, when uh, Magic Spoon rolled them out the first time, they sold out so quick. Now they're back permanently. Try them both. Cookies and cream and maple waffle are super delicious and indulgent. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab your delicious cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout and save $5 off your order. Get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode of Mikey Likes You. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.